0: Remember business is about having more people who communicate. So Microsoft will translate to Uganda if all of us are using it or Swahili because there's a translation.
1: less so you've been in Zimbabwe 15 years and, uh, you know, I said along the way you got married, but uh, your work life, really, your work life, after the fellowship, after the one year, did you come back to Uganda or you somehow just continued and is that the time perhaps you also met your husband so it's just been a continuous <laughs> 15 years or somehow you got back to Uganda and then how did you go back?
0: Um, so before the fellowship ended, cause I was then put in the training department at mm-hmm. the organization there was, and the colleague who was supposed to come back then had given them an indication that she's not, she's not coming back. She's going back to finish off something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they, they asked me to stay. Oh, okay. But then that meant two things that I needed to get out of the country, reapply and do it the proper way, because, you know, how it is before you move anywhere, you need to make sure you have all your papers. Okay. So I moved home, but I was thinking, you know, it's going to be difficult uh, because of the whole wrangle around my stay. So I, when I went home, I talked to my mom about it. She was so excited. She's like, you need to, you need to this, make sure you get, because I needed to get a confirmation of appointment for the position, then apply and get all my paperwork sorted out. Wow. So um, yeah, I was home for about two, two months. Then came back into Zimbabwe because I left around early December. Then I was there in January, came back in February so I was home for a bit and everyone was encouraging like no you go the role because first of all the offer was better than because remember I'd just been one year at university then I got this (laughs) fellowship so it was a better offer than what I was being offered at home because the organization as you know it is at home first they're like no you should stay as a volunteer so I go back and I, I tell them this is the offer I'm getting can you counter offer this they're like, no, you know, you need to stay a little bit and you know, few more months, a few, moments, you a few to know that's you. we will see where to place you. Yeah. So I told myself, hmm, these are the people from another country, Who so my body. potential. And I'm coming home and no one is seeing the potential. I'm still a volunteer. So I decided, well, why don't I take a gamble? and go to those people who are already giving me a contract and you know the the package was good that I had medical I had uh, of course I had to find my own housing now that's where every other thing comes because first I was comfortable because then everything was covered but then now it's really trying to get my own housing Mm -hmm. so that's how I made the decision for me it was easy it was based on who's valuing me the most and I found that the organization that I had worked with for just a year found value in what I was bringing. I'd like to
1: like just cut in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spoken to various Ugandans who have been abroad and then maybe they go back home for a few months, a few years, and then they say, these people don't see my value. So they end up somehow going back to where they're from or going to a different place. I don't know. <laughs> what is it in Uganda that, <laughs> that we don't see the value in our people and somehow cause them frustration? Because as you said earlier, there's a lot of Ugandans doing amazing things in Zimbabwe. Uh, there are people who we don't even know them, but the Ugandans out there building other countries, but we don't seem to want them back. We don't seem to want to welcome them back. I I don't know from your from your short experience, you know, what do you think we can do, you know, before we continue with your story? Because this is something that also bothers me, you know, people come back with brilliant ideas, people come, I don't know, I don't know if other Africans in other countries face the same, the same sort of pull and push with their home countries, but I know a big number of Ugandans. Feel the push and pull the push and pull back and they're just like you know what I'll just go where I'm valued. Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, yeah, I think it's it's the same thing everywhere because I also feel like a lot of my friends uh, Zimbabweans who come back, they say, "I'm like people are failing to see what I could add or change," but it comes from. I'd like to say that sometimes when you leave, you're, you're, you're now wearing a new set of lenses and you're expecting mm-hmm. everyone to come and see, like see the same lenses. So it's a two-way thing where mm-hmm. we need to slowly bring people on board to where I am. Because if you're in a plane, you slowly pull someone up. Mm-hmm. But we expect that you should already come and understand where I'm coming from. Um, so I think it always comes from that perspective. And I won't lie to you, like I'd gone for my master's in the U S and I came back, you know, that's why I always say, please let's interact as Africans first and understand context. Then we come and go to those places to see what we could learn. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like a fish. I didn't expect that, like a fish right out of water. Cause I was talking fish intelligence. I'm thinking this and. My husband has asked me. have okay. <laughs> Like we do have those things. Like the banking system is based on IA, but now what you're talking about, like, can you come back? Can you bring back Kony? Like, just remember that systems. You need to bring people on board slowly. But um, I think it's it's a two way two way mm-hmm. dance from both sides, really trying to understand and being patient. I have a friend who came back from the UK. She wanted to come back to Uganda. The first year for anybody, even when you move into another country is difficult, but she held her ground and she's like, I'm going to keep uh, getting to these offices. She didn't got a job and she's, she's making like huge differences, but not to say that that's not a problem. I think we need to open up space for maybe an ideas place. And I know the, the president is now trying to do that a lot, where he's encouraging a lot of people from the diaspora to come, whether it's investment or come back and invest in Uganda or share ideas on how best we could do that. So now it's more deliberate. So maybe it always has to come from the political will. Like if we have people coming from the diaspora, can we pick them up? Um, another friend I had here in Zimbabwe, she was a human resource headhunter. She later moved back to Zimbabwe. So, sorry, to Uganda. And she told me that Konya, I'm, I'm literally looking for people. Are you willing to go? Because their country, like their companies here that are looking for Ugandans who are in the diaspora so that they can hire them because we then come back with a different work ethic. Yes. yes, yes. You know, when you're home, your work ethic becomes a little bit off. Um, <laughs> Like, it, and I I'm not saying in tune do. with everyone else <laughs> so so she she was saying she's trying to hire people so that they because it's 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 like a work ethic um mm-hmm. thing because when you're away from home you prove yourself so when you come back home that work ethic has instilled mm-hmm. itself because i'm sure you do that where you're always trying to prove yourself that i'm good yet when you're at home you're like I'll prove myself, I might not prove myself, I'll go to another job, you know, that, that attitude. I can't so even that's why go back home,
1: happy. I can even go back home and sit for a few months if you don't touch me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yet you're like, oh my goodness, if I don't, I need to make a plan. Yeah. So you come with that resilience that you've instilled from being a foreigner, in quotes, because yes, you are a foreigner, so... You need people to see you and embrace you and bring you into their fold. Uh, So I think for me, that is it. But Uganda could do more. It could do more into just making people's lives a bit more comfortable. Um, So I guess that's it. Because when you say value, it's so many things that I'm coming back and I'm giving this offering and I'm willing to take a salary cut for it. So it's people appreciating that because... Um, people come and I'm not saying that's the case in African countries, but if you see people who have also been in European countries, like you're ta- you're taking first of all like efficiency, everything you're, you're taking that and compromising. So it's welcoming people and welcoming the ideas for development um, especially because your ideas people the first thing people tell is won't work here, it won't work here but who says that? test it and see that it doesn't work then get don't accept it. So or modify it if it doesn't. Modify point. it for context, yes, yeah. so that it gets into
1: All right. our environment. Thank you so much for that. So now you go back, you process your documents, and now you're going to start this new job in Zimbabwe. And you know, I'm glad that your mom and you know people around you encouraged you because for some people, they don't have that support system. You know, they don't have that support system, and perhaps probably someone is out there thinking, hey, maybe I could try my luck elsewhere. But they are going to tell you all these things. Ah, you're going to which country? What? Haven't you seen this, this, and that on TV? What do you mean? You know, there's a lot of. Um, I think I don't know. Again, media has not really done justice to, to us as Africans, even, yes. even yes. to even among ourselves. So when you have mm-hmm. of a country, you're like, wh- where would you go there? Just, just stay around. <laughs> just stay around there. you find other ways to survive. So it's, it's really important and quite amazing that your family really pushed you and encouraged mm-hmm. you to go for it. So please continue with your story. You know, you had now to look for your own housing. You had to look for, you know, get your feet around probably, maybe before you even had a company <laughs> to get you around. But now you had to, getting the nitty-gritties of public transportation in Harare, please go on.
0: Um, so I, let me see, in terms of housing. So when I landed back, the good thing is the apartment that I had found, um, I'd spoken to the landlord. So this is what I did. I, I, when I was still on the fellowship, there was this house that I was in, and then the owner wanted to sell it. So the office allowed me to get an apartment, which means I got the apartment Mm -hmm. in my leave. So when I was leaving, I told the landlord that there's two things that's going to happen. I will pay rent for the period. There's a possibility I might come back. There's a possibility I won't be able to come back. So if I don't come back, uh, my now brother-in-law was also interested in taking it. So I'd just given him that offer that if then you want to take it, you could take it. So at least I had a place. I had furniture because then I bought my own furniture when I left in a fully furnished place. Mm-hmm. But I'd make like contingency plans to say, this doesn't work out. I can either give it to the, the people who are coming for the fellowship or uh, somehow you cut your losses. You know how we you, like, cut your losses and you continue navigating home because you're home anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was easy. But now it was the rent aspect of it, because now that means I was working as a local, not now being funded. So that means now I had to navigate the terrain of the Zimbabwe dollar and trying to, yet I used to pay my landlord in US dollars mm. and yeah, all of that. But the good thing is the office then maintained uh, for all of us to be able to get um, foreign currency. So that was like a plus because that was the thing I was going and I'm thinking, okay, if things get hard, I had saved some money for a ticket to go back (laughs) home. (laughs) Uh, But uh, thankfully, then they they paid it on the US dollar and they gave us the US dollar. So that helped me now navigate. So now being, because now remember being on a fellowship, now being a full-time employee, now you're, everything's, a lot of things get triggered from how you're you're received. So I was worried about will will I have this job permanently so that then I stay. So every year I always told myself I'm going home because every year I thought I was going home. So I I didn't want, you know, you don't want to buy so much but also you don't want to really like fall in love with that comfortable life. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I think it helped a lot that I was on my fellowship because part of my fellowship the job I was in integrated me a lot. Mm-hmm. And during that time I was such a workaholic. So, because you know, when you've gone in a place, there's two things you can do, either make friends or just bury yourself in your work. So I did that, but I also buried myself in work. Um, I was already connected to a very good church. Um, I think for me that helped a lot, even in terms of navigating foreign currency issues then through that church i discovered there was a Ugandan who was a pastor in there so It also made it easy for me, so I would, like, spend time with her if I needed anything. Uh, She was there. And the Ugandan community then, of course, uh, I started attending meetings because when you know someone, it helps a lot because they help you navigate things that you might not know. Mm. Like if I needed money, if I needed to send things at home or if I just needed everyone to know I'm okay and getting – Things from home because there's a point I'm sure you read in the media when there were no things on that, uh, yes. the shelves in Zimbabwe. So, would have, of course, the office for me, the office was the first centering place for me because they would give us a truck to go down to either um, Botswana to do a bit of shopping for us to have staff or down to South Africa. So, that was really, really helpful. And when I didn't a lot of the Ugandans here were UN expatriates. So, okay. you know, the UN would uh, take Central care of them. Um, there's a family that um, my one of my best friends, Dora Kusiriza, the brother was here. So I already had family. So they would always say, could do you have something to eat? Connie, do you need something? Connie, do you want us to bring something from Botswana or um, South Africa? So they always looked out for me. So that mm-hmm. was good. And if, it wasn't for it's always important to tap into the friendship with we, friendships we have at home because they can open up their own family because i had family and also when they wanted someone to babysit i was the tough <laughs> auntie who was coming to make sure all their clothes were packed properly and neatly packed away and clean so that when it's coming and i'll stay with them and you know I'd be the big sister like the them so for me that was really helpful and i always tell people that when you get into the place um i see that with a lot of ugandans who come here they come with this of we don't want to join the ugandan community but it is very helpful to look for community because there's something magical that happens when ugandans are out of home we don't see the tribes anymore we don't we see this like each time i would hear someone just mention like As long as that tone was Ugandan, I would jump and follow them. Like there's someone I met in the bank. I'm like, Ugandan. It's like, how do you know? I'm like, because I won. It's like, you just heard me from me talking. I'm like, exactly. Of course. And I was, you know, hugging. So I always tell people that one lesson I learned from being away from home Mm. is a lot of things we are fixated about do not matter. Like, they do not matter at all. all. What matters is Ugandan, because at that point, I don't see you as from another tribe. Yeah. In fact, right now in Zimbabwe, like when someone comes from Uganda, the first question we ask is, which tribe are you? So we all turn and we're like, what? We are Ugandans, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> which tribe? So we always tell people, that's a question we've not had in, in a while and then it reminds us of the dynamics at home so that shows how we become family and i saw that in the u.s when i lived in the u.s people do not look at each other as in which tribe or you're divided in mm-hmm. all of this so that helps for community i think it, however, to break the barriers down however,
1: mm-hmm. uh, however. i'd like to say perhaps may i don't know the ugandans that you've met but the ones that I've met on this side, especially ones who have not been here a long time, say so who have just come a year or so, are still entrenched in the whole, I'm from here, you're from there, you speak like this, so you're for making that stuff up. <laughs> I went for a conference one time and yeah, I, I, I was like, ah, there's, there's three Ugandans here. That's a miracle. I can hardly find a Uganda even in the greater, you know, where I'm staying. So I was so excited. I walked up to them and blah, blah, was talking. And then one of them was like, what is your name? Then I tell them, they're like, ah. I was like, what does that mean? What is that supposed to mean? But um, uh, after some time, I realized, he was fresh off the boat <laughs> fresh yeah. off the plane <laughs> and yeah. so he still had those you know a bit of yeah. dynamics playing here and there mm-hmm. and then also I remember going for for you know, there as I said earlier the African community here is not as big really it's not really as big. Mm-hmm. so Before COVID, (laughs) we would have like beach parties in the summer and all. So you'd go and meet all kinds of people from all over Africa. Some people have made food from their home country. It was really a fun-filled day. So Mm -hmm. some of the Afri... Sorry, some of the Ugandan girls I met were really not kind to me. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were not fresh off the boat. Mm -hmm. And I wondered, I was like, eh... I came here with my excitement, I had Ugandans where I walked up to them, I greeted them, I told them my name, and they were like, but that doesn't sound like a Ugandan name. I was like, what? <laughs> it it, 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 it was? Okay. So, the other thing that even made it worse is that they were not even speaking to me in English. They had changed to mm-hmm. speaking to Japanese. And I was like, E." <laughs> At least speak to me in English, you know, because at that time I was also just first off the boat and yes. my Japanese was really not mm. there. It wasn't it was almost non-existent. And I really, I won't lie, they really made me feel unwelcome. And mm. from that point onwards, I sort of withdrew from the mm. Ugandan community and I started mm. seeking out the Kenyan community actually, cause those ones were more warm and welcoming, because apart they usually <laughs> they usually um, accidentally think I'm Kenyan because of my name. They're like, ah, it sounds like, are you from here? Are you from, you know, they, they, they say it. it's like one yes. of their names. Yeah. So I, 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 I must admit that uh, experiences are different. For me, my experience so far has been that uh, some of the few Ugandans I met the first time were really not welcoming. So I withdrew yeah. from them. But then Mm -hmm. the ones I met after, especially those ones who have been here a lot longer, those ones Mm -hmm. were more welcoming and they were happier to know that (laughs) that there's another Ugandan, you know, because we are really, really, really few, you know. So perhaps that's something we also need to address. But I guess that's also on a very individual basis, you know,
0: on a very
1: individual basis. So I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, our experiences are different, but I am happy for you that uh, yours were, you know, lovelier. Uh, for me, I must say, I must thank the Kenyan community mm. and the West African community because those ones, wherever we go, they are much more, you know, excited
0: to oh, meet yeah. you. <laughs>
1: They're much more excited to meet you as compared to our very own
0: people. <laughs> yes. Anyway. No, that, that's- That's actually interesting. I think for us, it's in how the founders made sure they created the community, Mm -hmm. that we are one. And when they actually handed down the baton to us, Mm -hmm. it's being cautious of that. And I'll I'll actually share something which I found really fascinating when I was living in D.C. Mm. Uh, There's a Luganda Academy in D.C., so when I went, it was a brother's friend because my brother is in Budo. He lives on the, do they call them East, West, West Coast? He's in, he's in California. So he calls his friends and says, My little sister is there. It's so coming. just help <laughs> So they, they brought me to the Luganda Academy. But when I got there, I was fascinated when everyone was like, I'm Soka, I'm yam yam kole, I'm chiga, I'm, I'm toro. And they said, and I was like, Luganda Academy, they were like, yeah, that's the only language that has documented everything that we need to know. And we need language that can help us communicate across the board. And they're like, Luganda has been translated everywhere. So for us, anything that can help us clutch on home, we will be there. So they they were taking their children. So it open that's why i say that each time new lenses are brought onto your eye like someone came from dc and she was saying that and why don't we start a Uganda? academy and we're, like, we're all like hmm. Hmm. but then after my eyes opened that i'm like it's that's true a because the truth is the culture that has been sold out there is actually that's Uganda. Hmm. yes yeah, so we either embrace it or let our biases then take over. So actually, I remember going there and I'm like, I'm now curious. Like, I, I actually wanted to learn because my roommate in D.C. was a Nyankole, And then the only way we would shortwave and talk about people, you know, that is <laughs> was,
1: like, like, was a cool one. So she would say try try to... tell her
0: Kenyan friend, like, I wish we knew we would Like, we would be on the lift and we're saying, we are about to get a question on which lion we saw like you would expect people were going to ask you that like oh so do you see lions and we're like and immediately would roll our eyes so, so for us we'll just wait, then she would speak it to us so it made me realize the importance of language the importance of a common language instead of us always just like fragmenting and your nose is too straight or your face is a little smaller you <laughs> so the community here helped me even the community in dc now gave me a new lens to see the importance of that because they always said look swahili is now being taught in all universities and some not all in the u.s Um, even
1: even in japan
0: yes they have swahili so amazing remember business is about having more people who communicate so Microsoft will translate to Uganda if all of us are using it or Swahili, because there's a translation. So one of the people who encouraged people to join was was that. So I completely understand. And sometimes I think we need to be kind to those people because they're still so ingrained in their biases that they don't even know. So for us immediately, when someone asks that question, we all turn around and explain to you that it's not important, it's it doesn't really important. build us, it doesn't. So I think them bringing it into the picture was important. And just like you, because I'm closer to the eastern side, you won't believe in Uganda. People have always like either put on dreadlocks or something, which wasn't very common to Uganda. So people would say, ah, now this Kenya,
1: look at this <laughs> Kenya,
0: <it's not laughs> <Kenya. on> <laughs> So... I'll then speak to and they like, uh uh-uh, uh, how did you learn? I'm like, because is I'm your, mother, and is your mother?
1: Is your mother? Is your mother? <laughs> father, Kenyan, <laughs> maybe.
0: So, I and mean, yeah. do you know how that's you see how we judge people because of a certain look? I was more of a cargo pants person, which is mm. not very Kenyan, but Ugandans associated it with being Kenyan or wearing yeah. safari, you know. So, they used to pick on me a lot. <laughs> so i guess for me i understood because i'm like i'm on soda like my name yeah but yeah for me my community here they quickly put you into. in check the moment you bring it up and it's not that we don't we don't know or we are aware of the different tribes or the beauty of each culture we do bring it out actually like before all of this COVID we used to have um a Catholic priest who organizes this big African cultural gala. And we always made it a point that showcase the Vanyankoli, showcase yes. the show. So we would all show up and be like, you're all Ugandans? My goodness, this is beautiful. And we'd say, yes, that's the beauty of it. So of it. yeah, it, teach, it taught me that we need to elevate the beauty of our cultures and elevate country also and forget about the divisions, but elevate. So for us, we've been able to navigate that we elevate when it's important to showcase um, the beauty and elevate country when it is important to elevate country.
1: You've actually already, you know, touched upon the next question I to ask, and that is the mm-hmm. pros and cons of living, you know, in your case, maybe in Zimbabwe. And you already talked about the fact that you know you get different lenses, every 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 experience you get, you're like, ah, this is possible. This is this. So other than that, what have been at some of the other you know pros and cons? You also talked about, you know, perhaps the feeling you feel more Uganda than anything these days, <laughs> probably as compared to when you're back in UG. So other than those pros, what other pros have you, you know, have come your way? And what are some of the cons, really? Because most times, I'm sure, when you, know, when you tell people, ah, I'm going, I'm going to work abroad, or I'm going to work, everyone is just thinking of the glam that comes with working <laughs> abroad. <laughs> Yet actually, the realities are a bit different. So what has been your, your experience?
0: Um, so for me, I'll... in terms of the pros, I would say, I've learned a lot about Zimbabwe in a way that media would never have taught me or history would never have mm. taught me. So the aspect of diversity is very, very important, like very, very important for so many people. Like sometimes I would spew my naive, I know we criticize people, but I would spew my naive, um, my naive statements to people. Yeah. And they're like, hmm. Connie and my father I know is really good he he just says you know what I think you need to read the book that Coglan and Warren read and come back and we have a conversation then you understand the dynamic of what Zimbabweans had to live through, the histories, the so it it makes you understand, and for me that means you're expanding intellectually. So when you're then submitting, you come from a place of knowing, of knowledge, not a place of judgment. Yes. So for me, I say that's a big pro, and that's why I always tell parents send your children out of Uganda, let them study elsewhere, and bring them back because it it will help other people see. Uganda in a different light, but also see another country in a different light. And I'll see another pro. This is something that I'm going to digress a bit. There's a time I was coming from Liberia. So I was sitting with colleagues from Zimbabwe, and one of them was, because you know Zimbabwe had good infrastructure. So when you move into, like a messy infrastructure, like Uganda, people are like, ah, you know, so when people moved into Liberia, so people were so uncomfortable, were like, oh no, because you know when you hear bitches, you've got this vision of a bitch that <laughs> someone yeah, sells to you. So I'm talking to them that all I saw was opportunity. So they were thinking, what the hell is going to talking about? Then this Chinese woman intercepted me and said, you know, you're one of the few Africans I've sat with and I'm really fascinated with your response. Then she shared something that, just blew me away. She said, for us, Africa is a big area of potential. There's yep. so much that can be done. And you saying that, that means you're, you're seeing it. Yep. And she said, I came here with 100,000. I'm living with a million to go and pay back my loan. You know? And she says, we are into real estate. We are building. We are into supermarkets. We are into... And it struck me that all it needs is a good quality supermarket that has set up its systems to go to Liberia and set up the same, but it's an African-run company. And you're giving back in an African company. So when she said that, it struck me. And she she said they borrowed from family. They mortgaged their house. Then they got a little bit from their government to come and invest in Liberia. Wow. So going back for me, those are the problems. If we talk about migration and opening up Africa for trade, we should be looking at trading with each other yes. from that perspective, not yes. the brokenness of our countries. Like right now, instead of looking at JRC with those rose-covered glasses, is looking at the potential of infrastructure, the potential yes. of you know, setting up things, the potential of then opening up trade between the different countries within Africa so for me that's one lesson and this is a lesson i hope every ugandan learns like let's go get into an african country and put on our gas. let's not look for the south africa that is already put up its let's go oh, look oh, for that oh, other
1: the lagos that we think we know <laughs> <laughs> that we think
0: we know because that's, yeah. that's also another um, story
1: that's also another story yeah because when
0: i've i know you wanted to ask me a question of which other countries so i've traveled quite a bit because i worked the country uh, the the organization I first worked for here in Zimbabwe allowed me to travel a lot Southern Africa. So it opened my eyes to Southern Africa. And then um, the one thing I moved to, I moved to a regional fund where again, I did a lot of work in Africa, but then opened up my eyes to other countries like Fiji, Sri Lanka to see like, oh, we've got a potential of opening up Africa, but we then have a potential of actually trading with what is known as the global South. Yes. Like, when you see the culture, like you're like, we could export so much with each other without having to, or even study, learn from each other without having to be fixated on the global north, America, the Netherlands, UK. So for me, those are the pros of then expanding in Africa, then the global south, the Latin Americans, the Sri Lankas, the India, you know to really learn from each other and open that space so for me that's the pros it blew my my mind because if i'd stayed in uganda my rate of growth would have been at a particular a particular level but because here I one you have to prove yourself constantly yeah. you work harder you instead of spending like a whole week reading one book you push yourself to read two so that you catch up with the culture you multiply how many museums you visit how many towns you visit so you then get to know that even if like get to know things that even the local people might not know because I remember my friend saying you've been to big falls you've been to you've been everywhere you know Zimbabwe but it's because it's that hunger of wanting to know the country you multiply like every weekend you're onto a some <laughs> bus or whatever to go yeah. and see um for me what was helpful was my job took me because i was in the training department so it took me from the like unreachable places yeah. and also my colleagues were very good. they're like if you've not been to mtarek when you're not in zimbabwe so it raises your curiosity to then go so for me it's a prone uh, uh from that angle but then the cons, I would like to get into the cons. Um, mm. The cons is those border, those border issues. It's very important for people to know that when you're moving into another country, you're not, you're not getting into your mom's house. <laughs> you're, going, you're getting into another person's house with new rules, with new procedures. So being aware of that and doing your research, like mm. I relied on my colleague I should have done my research to know that before you land into Zimbabwe, if you're going to work, you apply for a permit. You know, just it to add there into that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you talked about your colleague not in having told you about a working visa, we sometimes forget that the people we are asking these questions are explaining to us from their perspective as a local, not their perspective as a visiting person or as a foreigner. I will yes, just, sir. please allow me to also digress a bit. I recently mm-hmm. had um, an info session with some uh, Japanese who are JACA volunteers who will be going to Uganda, wow. I think maybe early next year. And, you know, they asked me, ah, oh, you know, tell us about, about Uganda, blah, blah, blah. So I, you know, made some PPTs, talked to them. They asked them to send questions before, you know, and then you know we got along. We discussed, but one of the people, one of the <laughs> gentlemen said, "I have a question. I have been told that uh, in Uganda it's a bit uh, you know it's not very good for you to wear particular colors, especially now." I froze. I didn't know what to say. You know, because in my mind, uh perhaps it would come naturally to me as a ugandan to avoid certain colors <laughs> if i am going to the city center at a particular time of the year it would come naturally to me but i hadn't yeah. thought about telling them that
0: and i realized
1: wow okay that's that, that's also a bit of a difference and then mm-hmm. another one said uh, i've heard that uh, we need to take you know our own toothbrushes you know and i was like you know, I, you know, sort of introspected and I realized their toothbrushes here don't do work for me. I usually have to send toothbrushes from home because they are softer and I need something harder for my teeth. Well, for Mm. them, they will need something softer for their teeth as compared to Mm. the hard toothbrushes we have back home. So I just wanted to bring that up that just like you said, as much as you can ask these people about their country, also important mm-hmm. to do your homework because for them there are things that occur naturally to them you know? yes. for example yes. if, if I'm in Uji right now and as soon as I hear there's chaos in town I know which places will have the chaos and mm-hmm. I will immediately mm-hmm. move their opposite direction but a foreigner will not will not know that yes. because that is not their tough you know so mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up importantly we should always do our side homework side <laughs> homework mm-hmm. is very important yes please go on
0: um, then the other cones is friendships because uh, for me imagine I left like at 26 when you get here you know it is um, and I don't want to put people in buckets but it's harder for us to make friends and you then because there's bickering you have to deal with then fallouts you have to deal with then you you understand each other so yeah. building friendships and maintaining friendships yeah. back home is very 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 important um so for me it was a cone because you know there's this you're like oh dora would know this she would know that I've got these quirky parts of me, but now you're someone is going and, you know, so those are the cones of really opening your heart again to, to, to the new experiences of, of building relationships and missing family. Yeah. Missing family is a big one. So I always tell people either save and make sure one member comes so that they see you in your context or go home, like often, because that's the way to to deal and navigate that aspect of it. Um, so for me, I because I, I had an uncle in Botswana before he died, and then my auntie in South Africa. So I, I then started building relationships with them and knowing that they had lived in Zimbabwe before also helped me navigate yeah. a lot of that to try and build also a relationship with them. So for me it's a home, but it's also an opportunity really to to get to get to to have new friends then the other one is really missing talking in a familiar language um for a very long time you know i yeah. i didn't appreciate language until there are times i'll catch myself in the bathroom and i would have a conversation with an invisible sister and an invisible brother i'm like yeah no because i was missing like someone who understood me so um really language for me, but finding the Ugandan community was helpful. And then my cousin moving down was also really helpful. So and really also learning another language because the only language that connects us, Uganda here is either Luganda or Swahili. So getting to know those two so that you're connected. <laughs> And speaking Swahili actually then opens you to Kenya and Tanzania. Kenya and
1: Tanzania. So we should then you, of Congo and,
0: and, and yes, South Sudan the Yes, and South Sudan. So you see how much it opens you up. So for me, that's also a lesson in can we expand our language base beyond just the the what we know? Because now imagine if I don't find Hamsoga anywhere, yes. I will not be able to. <laughs> So the fact that I speak Luganda opens me up to more people. Like you would be surprised; in our meetings, will be all of us shooting off in Luganda. And then if someone comes, where are you from? Then we we think about it and we're like, oh, okay, yeah. Or we speak English, especially when it's our colleagues from Northern Uganda who don't necessarily yeah. speak Luganda. The, the Bantu
1: languages, two people can somehow survive together. Yes, but our other mm. brothers and sisters. It's usually very difficult.
0: When you should see us. Like we've got friends who are on Yankone, So there are times when we are like, ha, ha, how do we say that in so Then they say, ah, that's what we say in Yankones. So then we're like, speak it, speak it, just speak. We will understand. So so because that time we are missing. And when we get to supermarkets, you should see us. We'll be talking at the top most of our ways because you've seen your garden. And everyone's like, Nigerians, so we're like, yes.
1: <laughs> you know, just to add on to that point, huh? sometimes I mm. call my siblings. And I'm like, guys, me, do not please don't speak to me in English. Eh? <laughs> I have had my quota of English for this month. I am calling you because I need to <laughs> I need to express myself in the language that speaks to my soul. Okay. <laughs> so please, even, even when we are texting, sometimes I am texting away in Rinyakitara. In <laughs> and, and sometimes I like, but they don't understand. I'm like, you guys, you don't have to understand what I'm going through just reply okay me today <laughs> I, I i am not speaking don't in die. english I, i'm not going to die in this colonizer's language i was sometimes I know. with my <laughs> it was sometimes with my husband i'm like you know i have reached the court of english today so forgive me if i start talking away in my language if you don't cut something please mm-hmm. say what did you say Just remind me, I'm not doing this intentionally. It's just that I just feel tired. (laughs) I want to speak Mm -hmm. something else that resonates with me. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I perfectly understand, you know, when you talk about language and uh, some people might not, um, especially people back home might think you are trying to belittle them when you say, let's speak in mother tongue. But actually, you're really missing it. It's not that you don't think they know, they don't understand English. They do, but you're just missing it, you know. You just want that soul connection, you know. That soul soul connection, yeah. So I perfectly understand about it. It can be both a pro and a con, as you said. Opening you up or, you know, reminding you of what you're missing (laughs) because you're away from home.